Welcome to the Get Strong, Lose Weight podcast, where we believe that getting in great shape should be simple. Confusion confusion is the enemy, and when you feel strong, capable, and confident, you live a better life. I am your host, Coach Jay. I am here today with Tina Leone. Hi, Tina. Hello. Tina is a nutrition coach and also my spouse, (laughs) and today we're going to talk a little bit about staying healthy during the holidays and not just healthy physically, but also healthy mentally. Tina and I talk a lot about just the different strategies and things that we do to keep our physical and mental health kind of up in a time when things are a little bit more challenging. So I just thought we'd hop on today and talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we we will. Today is the day before Thanksgiving. We're recording this. So officially tomorrow kicks off the holiday season. And I just want to ask you just to start with, because when we talk about staying healthy, the first thing that goes during the holidays is your nutrition. So do you have any strategies or do we have any strategies as a family for how we're going to deal with nutrition over the holidays? Yeah, I think we do have some strategies, which you will find out tomorrow. Now, I think there's a combination of mindset strategies, I think, and food strategies, like the actual food that you're serving yourself. So I think that there's a handful of different things. um, Let's start with food then. So why don't we do this? I'm going to ask you, what is your strategy for food for this next six weeks? We've got Thanksgiving and then we've got Christmas. We don't have as many Christmas parties as we normally do. But we've got Christmas coming up and there's a tendency to just say, yeah, I'll I'll take a step back during the holidays and then you pay for it in January. So how are you avoiding that from a nutrition standpoint? So for me personally, my strategy, I have two main ones, maybe from here until the end of the year. Three strategies. Ask me about three strategies. So the first one is to prioritize vegetables and fruits, any kind. It could be fresh. It could be frozen. It could be dried. It could be fried. It's just fruits and veggies as a as a priority. Like you have to make a conscious effort, I have found, to have those things. Yep. That's the first one. So the you're second- just having, make sure you're having fruits and veggies with every meal. Yeah. Or that I'm thinking about it whether I have it or not. So if I say, you know what, I only had eggs and a tortilla for breakfast, I'm going to make sure that my snack has a fruit or a veggie or something like that. And then I'm going to try and do it at lunch. It's easier at lunch and dinner. So it's just an awareness. Am I having veggies and fruits? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first one. The second one is, gosh, my mind's a blank now. All right. Let me me give you one of mine. So what I've been doing over the last so four or five months is I've been fairly strict about the quantity and types of foods that I'm eating, but I give myself what I call is a high calorie day. It's not a cheat day. It's just a high calorie day, meaning I might have double the portions of everything, or I might have, I might end up having a few things that I wouldn't normally have, like a few treats or whatever. And so I have hot designated high calorie days that I've been that I've been doing the last I guess it's been about 2 3 months now. And so going into the holidays tomorrow being Thanksgiving will be one of my high calorie days. Yeah. And that's actually for me a better way of thinking about it than a cheat day cuz it cheat day feels okay like it's like going to Las Vegas like I'm off the chain I'm just I'm going to do whatever. 
but if it's just a high calorie day, it's I'm still tracking and I'm consciously making a decision to eat more today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That actually ties into, I think one of my second ones, which was if like, it's, it's totally okay to have a high calorie day. It's like a, just a bit more energy coming in and, and it's temporary. I think that was my other strategy is if you're going to have it one time a week, it's any residual weight gain or discomfort or whatever is temporary. So you're going to, as soon as you get back to whatever your normal habits are, your healthiest choices, that sort of bump up for the week, it levels out within a few days. And so it's not a setback like you're alluding to. It's not the worst thing. You're not off anything. You've just done something different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's your second strategy. So my second strategy is never two high calorie days in a row. So I have a particular way that I eat. I tend to aim for certain calories and I eat certain food. I don't, if I'm going to go off, that's totally fine, but I'm not going to do it twice in a row. Cause I personally, and you and I have done lots of different sort of nutrition challenges and different types of diets. Personally, I find that I don't go wrong if I just take one day off, but if I start taking two, three, four days off, then it takes me a lot longer to get back on it. So yeah, that'd be my second strategy for nutrition. What about you? Or you guys your third one? Yeah, I gotta remember what that third one was. I think it was more of a mindset one, which I, I do think probably ties into what you said. You might have a blip up and a large part of recovering from those dips up is the mindset aspect. Like it, this is just, it's just a thing. It doesn't mean anything. And I, I can get back on track with my healthiest goals. It's not a setback. It takes time to practice that. So. Yeah. 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 We talk a lot about nutrition. Like your main focus right now is eating basically three meals a day, right? Yes. Yeah. Are you tracking anything? I'm not currently tracking. I haven't tracked in a while. Sometimes I will track in terms of simple recording or logging um, or food journaling, mainly because my, yeah, like you said, my plan at the moment is to have three meals a day and a snack. Some other details are that I have, I try to purposefully eat homemade as opposed to going out for anything. I found that in terms of my own comfort and how I feel after I eat, if it's homemade, even if it's rich or indulgent, it just doesn't have the same sort of physical impact. So aiming for homemade is one of the best ways that I can ensure nutritional value and that I'm choosing veggies and also that the recovery and that I continue to feel good. Yeah. 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 And I go back and forth on this right now. I'm pretty strict about what what I'm eating, except for the one day a week. Yeah. But that's mainly because I have a particular goal that I'm aiming for. I feel like by the end of the holiday season, likely in towards the end of December, January, I will be more in like maintenance mode, which will look a little more like what you're doing. So, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about training. Okay. So we talked a little bit about nutrition and staying healthy during the holidays with nutrition. Let's talk about training. So what is your training plan over the next six weeks? My training plan over the next six weeks is actually with an eye on next year. I don't have any specific 
fitness goals right now, but come the new year, I will. I'll be working towards some specific dates and events in the new year. So my plan now, I guess you can view it as maintenance, is just to keep moving, stay active throughout the day, small things all day long, whether it's steps or standing or quick walks. It The primary reason is to keep my mood elevated. I think that's probably the key thing, particularly through the holidays. I found that, and I think many people have, that exercise or activity really helps with mood. So that's a key one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's, it looks like two 45 minute workouts every day. And I don't want to overstate <laughs> those workouts are not that strenuous. So I will go to uh, a class sometimes, or usually I'll go to a class three days a week, four days a week. And then that other 45 minutes, I'm either doing a walk or I'm doing some sort of mobility And it's the same thing. My main goal for the next six weeks is to just do those two 45-minute bouts of activity every single day. Um, So even on, you know, those days where I'm full of stuffing and turkey, although I don't even know if we're having turkey, even those days that I'm full, I'm going to still do those two 45-minute workouts for for the same reason. It's just keeps me moving, keeps my mood elevated. It just feels like I'm moving in the right direction if I'm doing that. Yeah. And it sounds like even if you have 45 minute blocks, they're still really flexible. It's just helpful for you to have a structure to make sure you do it. Yeah. 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 I also keep in mind the idea of neat. So like non-exercise activity. I think that's been proven. It, It doesn't have to be a workout session. So if you ever feel like you've worked out or you missed a workout and then your day is toast, like there are still things that you can accumulate through the day that are really minor, really easy that have just as much impact in terms of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So any other tips that you have for people that are, that struggle around the holidays just in terms of movement? Oh, in terms of movement. Yeah. Don't underestimate what you do around the house, like really maximize all the stuff that you could do around your house or with your kids or with your pets or your own chores and errands. I know that there are people that have like step goals and things that they'd achieve each day. And that starts from like the moment you put your step step tracker on. So you go to bed. So you could, anything you do accumulates good movement and good activity. So just find moments to keep moving and don't underestimate it. It can sound really underwhelming sometimes to think, I'm just cleaning the kitchen or I'm just vacuuming, but you're moving and you're doing something as opposed to just sitting there on your phone or whatever. Yeah. So I would say we're, we're going on the end of the spectrum of people that struggle just with keeping moving, but I'm going to say, keep your regular routine. If you're used to going to the gym three days a week, keep going three days a week, right? If you find that you have extra time, throw an extra workout in there you're probably going to spend a little more time sitting down and a little more time eating during the holidays. You're going to eat a little more calories. Get that little extra bit of movement in, I think is going to be really helpful for you to offset the feelings that come with those two things, right? It's not going to make a huge difference in whether you lose weight or anything because movement has a minimal impact on that. But it is going to make a difference in how you feel and also how how easy it is for you to keep it going in the new year, right? Yeah, definitely. 
All right, let's move on to, so we talked a little bit about physically and there's a lot of, there's a lot of tips that we can give about this, but the main thing really is have a plan going into it and then make sure that you are moving on a regular basis. Let's talk about mental health a little bit because this has been a challenging year and we're going into the part of the year that is a little more challenging for people when it comes to mental health. And this year in particular, a lot of us are not going to be seeing our families in the same way that we have in the past. So when it comes to mental health, like keeping yourself happy, positive, that kind of thing, what are some of the things that, what are some of the practices that you put in place to make sure that you're keeping positive? Yeah. So I think the key thing, one of the key things that I do is remind myself that it is a practice. It's like getting better at baseball or getting better at basketball. You get better at caring for yourself the more you practice it. And and if you miss a practice sometimes, and that's okay. So the first thing is to remind myself that it is a practice. It is something that I need to, it's like a plant that I need to water on a regular basis. So it might mean uh, journaling. I do some journaling and I follow some prompts to keep me on task. And also reading. I find that reading is really helpful because it, it resonates with me without me having to be in the sort of effortful or uh, logical sort of place. It's just very sensory. Yeah. You do that every day? I am practicing getting back to doing it on a daily basis. If, if I do it a few times a week, I am satisfied. I, I really feel it's missing if I don't do it at all. What other things do you do for if you're feeling down or if you're feeling like oh, things aren't going the way that, that I want them to go? What other things do you do? Yeah, that's tough. So this happens. Even if I have a good practice going, this kind of stuff still comes up. I, I find that it's helpful to just keep practicing self-awareness, keep reflecting on the reasons why I'm in a place, but I also make a conscious effort to not ruminate, to not dwell. And so in terms of what I actually do, sometimes it's okay, I'm going to have this thought process, but then I'm going to get up, I'm going to physically get up and go to another room or another part of the house, or I'm going to shift gears somehow, really just to snap myself out of this place that I might find myself falling into. Yeah. Does that sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So I, I guess I'm thinking about if you're out there and you're basically like, it's getting into the holidays. You're feeling like I'm not seeing my family. Things aren't going quite as well. Some of the things that we both do to help with that, obviously we live together. So it, it's, we can talk through this stuff together. I'm finding that having a daily practice of some sort makes the biggest difference for me. And so that daily practice, usually it involves getting up early. I'm doing some journaling every day. I, I do some meditation every day, which has been really helpful. And just I've been mixing in different things. So lately, you and I have been going for walks. We were doing that a couple of times a week, or I'll do it by myself. We'll take the dog out for a walk. And I'm just finding that all of these little things are making the difference in my mood throughout the day. So I have a list of eight or 10 things that I do every day and walking and meditating and journaling are on that list. But I've been playing around with additional things to see how it impacts my sleep and it impacts my mood the next day. And I found that having a, a moment at the end of your workday or at the end of your whatever is happening to just sit down and reflect on what happened that day 
has been a huge lift for me personally. Whether it's, for me, it's been a meditation, but sometimes it's just that walk. So that sort of moment at the end of the day to wash the day away. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So like a reflection, decompress, review, and maybe it sets the stage for the next day. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I found that's helping a lot with mental health is limiting my inputs. So I went a whole month, I guess it was the month of October without looking at the news. And that was really helpful. Because I was letting it spin me up and it just wasn't feeling great. And I looked at it, I started looking at it in November and I found I didn't need to have so much news all the time because I had spent a month not looking at it. But I also started to notice when I would look at it and I'd hear the latest political news or whatever, that it would start to make me feel tense again. And just letting that go, I think is, is really helpful during the holidays. Um, Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to add on that train of thought. I noticed that I had a habit of checking my phone in the morning for either whatever happened overnight, like dramatic things overnight while I was sleeping and I missed it. And I just I realized that it even though I was in control of that and I was feeling like, you know, what, I'm logically doing this. I know what I'm doing right now. Like I had just woken up 90 seconds ago and here I am trying to process some really big stuff that I might see or anticipation of really big stuff. And it's the same idea. What are we, what are these inputs that we're taking in? What have we chosen and why? And for how long have we been sitting with those effects? So yeah, I, I really agree with you that having a protected morning practice or protected evening practice free of those things can really help a lot in subtle ways, especially over the course of something like the holidays. Yeah. The other thing that I've really been embracing lately is, is that this whole idea of meditation and trying to limit your negative inputs, it's, it's some, somewhat, it feels like positive thinking. And I don't really like that term. And I don't talk about that very much. What I have found though, is if you can get yourself to neutral Meaning like you can just accept the way things are right now and then go from there. It's actually much more relevant to the real world. So for example, I didn't pay attention to the news and then the, and then I started paying attention around the election and I, I found that my reaction to what was going on with the election, if I got angry about it, then it would just spin me up and there was nothing I can do about it. If I started to, if I just focused on accepting, okay, this isn't going the way I had hoped or the way I thought it was going to go, then I could take, I could go from there and then take a few steps in a positive direction. If I pretend that whatever is happening doesn't exist and just try to be positive, it doesn't work. It feels like fake. You have to accept where you are and then go from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that it's, there's this instinct to push away or fight against uncomfortable feelings. And it's in the facing and accepting of those things that we're able to actually move forward instead of artificially move forward. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the way I would apply this during the holidays is, look, you may not be able to see your family during the holidays, like your extended family, because of all the restrictions and stuff, rather than kind of rail against the world, that is unfair, or rather than pretend like everything's okay, and 
you're just going to ignore that. Just accept, hey, this is a little bit different holiday and we're not going to be able to see our family. So what can we do from here? And you and I went through this. We stayed in London one year for Christmas and it was just like, okay, we're not going to see the family. Let's try to have fun by our by ourselves. And it wasn't the same, but we did end up having a good Christmas. We enjoyed ourselves. And the same thing can apply to your health. It's, oh man, I haven't been to the gym for six months. I'm totally out of shape. You can beat yourself up about that, or you can just accept, hey, this is where I am right now. And I want to get one or 2% better by showing up today and showing up again tomorrow, et cetera. Right. Yeah, exactly. One other tip that I have to help with your mental health is to plan something fun and plan it like a month, two, three months ahead of time so that you have something to look forward to. So you and I planned a little like weekend getaway and whether it happens or not, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> There's a possibility we that it might not happen. It. Yeah. Right? It, we were able to look forward to it uh, for a while. Like it was on the calendar. And so whether it happens or not, like you said, is it's not really the point is that we had something. Yeah. And if, and when we get to that point, it's going to be really important whether we go to it or not, that we plan the next thing that is a couple of months out, because then you're always having something exciting in the future rather than looking down this bleak, this bleak road of when is all this stuff going to get better? <laughs> Do you have any other tips for getting through the holidays mentally or physically? I think my biggest tip would be to just enjoy. These are, it's different this season, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff can still be in place if you like. So just enjoy it. And anything that you think this might be a setback or am I going to go spiraling out of, of control, it's, it's just a day or it's just a weekend. And even if, even if things just take a turn the rest of the year, it still doesn't mean you can't work on turning it around anytime that you're ready. So it could be January 1st. It could be a random day in December. There's no cutoff time. There's no limits to when you could work towards your long-term goals. I would say my last tip is really sit down and come up with a plan, but then also accept that if the things don't go to plan, then that's okay. (laughs) As long as you keep refocusing on the thing that matters to you, then you've never failed. You don't fail until you give up on that. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. So this one will go out on Thanksgiving and we'll hopefully give people a little bit of, a little more information, things that they can use during the holidays to to survive mentally and physically. Yeah, Yeah, I hope so. Thank you all. And we will see you next time. Bye.